Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sean Payne, co-host of the Protest Sales Podcast, brought to you by Live Explore. I have my co-host with me today. I'm Isaiah Chas, and today we have a great guest, uh, John Balquist, Turnstone and Associates, uh, private fiduciary. John, thank you for joining us. Yeah, nice to see you guys. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. So let's jump right into it. Uh, tell us about you. Uh, how uh, long have you been doing uh, fiduciary work and, and uh, what was the process? How did you get here? Yeah, so I um, I am what's called a fiduciary and when I got involved in it, I didn't even know what it was, uh-huh. like, like leading up to it. I mean, I've been a licensed fiduciary in California. You have to be licensed um, for 14 years now. And uh, leading up to that, in the past, I had worked, I worked in special ed for a while. So I worked with uh, populations, well, kids with behavioral issues and learning disabilities. And at some point, I had a friend who had a friend who was a fiduciary. And I was like, what's that? And, well, he works with, you know, elders with dementia when they lack capacity and can't make decisions for themselves. Uh, and there's no one around to help them. You know, he steps in and he, you know, acts on their behalf. And I was like, that's fascinating. And then, and um, she's like, well, if you want to meet with him sometime, you know, you, we, we can set up a time. And that's great. So we all hung out one night drinking wine. And he told me all of his horror stories of like elders being abused and, uh, you know, having to protect them from predators and, and dealing with hoarded homes and all this stuff. And I thought, I love this. <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm like so fascinated by this. Uh, I tell people that fiduciaries are gluttons for punishment because we often get these cases that are really difficult and nasty. So, um, so anyway, that was kind of like my my like my path was sort of learning what a fiduciary was, and and then kind of just taking the education and getting started that way. Um, so I've been licensed now for 14 years, and I kind of I just handle a lot of different areas. Uh, on that note, tell us a little bit about Turnstone Associates. What, what, what do you guys do that way? So Turnstone Associates um, is, so f- the word fiduciary is sort of the umbrella term for all the roles that we can do. So um, I, I can act as trustee, uh, power of attorney, uh, executor. Um, when there is no will, I act as, I might be appointed as an administrator of an estate, which is like the executor. Um, power of attorney, I think I said, uh, and I also act on behalf for medical issues too. So if someone has an advanced healthcare directive and they need somebody to make those decisions, I can be named in that. Um, I also act as conservator. So, um, those are, that's, those are situations where the court gets involved, um, because either there's no estate plan in place and there's no one to take care of this person or, the elder has maybe adult children who are fighting over who's going to do that that role. Um, someone's taking advantage of somebody, so then I come in and I get appointed by the court to be the conservator. I see. Uh, on I, I've you know the, the few fiduciaries that I have spoken with, I've never heard anyone say, "Yeah, I wanted to be a fiduciary that way." So <laughs> it seems like everyone's kind of had a process that yeah. way, and they didn't know about it before. Right. Uh, but there seems to be like a really a need for it, and there's so few fiduciaries too. Isn't there? Isn't there like a license only like a thousand or something in the state of California? Yeah, there's not a lot. Um, there's there is a need for it for sure, and I definitely think it also takes a certain 
uh, type of person or, or part of, you know, you need to be at a certain point in your life, I think, too, where you, you maybe had enough life experience right. um, to deal with all these issues that are going on. You got to be a problem solver. You got to be a problem that, that solver. Like um, you got to, like I said, you got to be able to handle sort of really tense situations um, and have a thick skin. Uh, you know, you have to know about buying and selling home or selling homes sometimes or dealing with, you know, issues with properties. Um, I just blanked on what your question was, though. It would... <laughs> oh, it was kind of just an open-ended question. Just, you know, uh, there just seems like a need for it. Oh, yeah. But but that, that there's there's uh, not many people know about it. Not know? many people so... know about it, right. And um, it even even now, and I mean, it seems to be getting more people involved. I'll talk about my work to people, and they've never heard of it. Uh-huh. Or they say, oh, I did, I did that for my dad, or you know, but they didn't think it was a job that you could have. Right. Um, but it does, you know, in many situations, the work involved to, you know, uh, settle a trust or an estate is a lot of work. And so, you, you know, people will name their children to do it, but, you know, the child might live across the, the country, and they, they don't have the ability to sell a property or close, go to banks, then close out bank accounts. Um, and it really does end up taking a lot more time than people think. Plus, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I would think things just get more and more complex too. I mean, like California, especially just in terms of the state planning, tax laws, things like that. It's, it's almost a full-time job just to keep up with all those things to make sure that you're making the correct decisions for the people, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, and I rely heavily on other people that I work with. So, I mean, I always have an attorney Representing me on sure. every single case, um, I have you know a CPA. I have investment advisors that I that I will defer to for lots of things. Um, so I don't feel like I'm having to like make every decision on my own. But yeah, I mean it's there's a lot to do, even just the day to day of like paying people's bills and getting their taxes done. All, you know, oh you you didn't file taxes for ten years. Okay, now we gotta now we gotta do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you. You didn't know what a, a fiduciary was previously. I think a lot of people don't. For people that don't know, at what point do you typically get brought in? Obviously, a fiduciary is the umbrella, uh, and there's so many different roles that you play. But what point is it? Does someone usually contact you, or should contact you? Uh, do you get brought into that situation? So I get jobs probably most two two main ways. So most of the work I get in real time is coming directly from attorneys. They are already involved in a situation where there is usually a family dispute going on. So either the elder is alive or the elders passed away, but now the adult children are fighting or are they're, they're a problem. Um, and so I usually get called in sort of as the neutral party to take over as trustee, uh, to take over as conservator. Um, and so those are those are, you know, those are kind of like you get the case and it's just like whoosh, get your take off. You know, you got to start. Sometimes I got to go to a bank that week to close out an account that I can't let the daughter on anymore. Uh, you know, and I, and then all of a sudden I've now I've disrupted where their Social Security is being deposited and I've had I'm changing all their auto deposits. So, like, there's a lot of work in the beginning with some of these cases. But then another way I get cases is people actually planning ahead <laughs> for the future, uh, looking, you know, 10 years down the line and wanting to name a fiduciary in their estate plan or their trusts. and all that. So um, so I'll meet with them. They'll interview me. And if, you know, they want to choose me, then they'll put me in their estate plan and then. I may not hear from them for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of cases like that where, I mean, I, like I said, I've been doing this for 14 years and 
I still haven't even gotten to the point now. I mean, I'm just maybe now getting to the point where I'm getting calls from people who actually had named me in the past. And now it's, you know, so I know that there's like, the there's going to be, a, there's going to be more work coming in the future from all these people that named me five years ago, 10 years ago, and they just haven't used me yet. And do, do you know, and there's not really, you may not know that they've named you. Uh... So I do, I will meet, I mean, people do call me when they're researching this stuff and I, and they'll interview me, but I, there are people that their attorney will say, Hey, I know a fiduciary, you should just put their name in it. I see. And these people don't even bother to call me. They don't interview me. They don't know me. Right. But they're just trusting their attorney. And I don't get to see the trust either, which is a problem. Because, I mean, I what if I don't want this? Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, so, yeah, you didn't think about that, right? Like, so are there times where, like, you've... You, you step like a big bird's nest, and you're like, "Wow, I really." Uh, I I don't I go yeah. Well, there's definitely situations you you where you're like, it's like, oh well, if I had known that, maybe I wouldn't. No, I, I, <laughs> I mean, would have taken this case. As realtors, you know, we do the same thing. Like so sometimes there's a, there's a client you're just not a good fit, right? Yeah. Like like for whatever reason, maybe it's not our expertise or something of that nature. Right. So like yeah, I, I mean, right. I totally well, if you tell me that like you're the the son who's going to inherit your 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 trust, you know, is going to be out of jail in five years after, you know, manslaughter, you know, like I probably don't want to take that case. I just, you know, I don't want to put myself in situations where I'm dealing with potentially volatile people or, you know, or right. So, you know, but sometimes you don't even know that, you know, right. before getting involved. Sure. So. Sure. So just to, for our listeners, probably good point just to reach out, talk to the fiduciary, make sure. That I, you, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking so. about putting a fiduciary in your trust, like meet them, meet them first. I would even let them see the language of the trust before it's finalized. Um, they might have, you know, some feedback or advice uh, on what to do. Um, but, you know, we're also not attorneys, so I don't, you know, but sure. Uh, but, you know, the attorney should know. But I think it's really good to talk to the fiduciary as well before you do anything. On, on that note, I don't think a lot of people know that they can name a fiduciary. I think a lot of, if you, someone might know what a fiduciary is, they might think that you only come into play if, if something wasn't set up. Um, for those people that want to plan ahead, uh, you know, it, it can be a very good idea for, for anyone else that has gone through the process of uh, dealing with a, a parent passing. There is a lot involved um, and they might not want to put that burden on their children when that time comes. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely think hard about if you've got like, let's say two or three children and, you know, you want like usually there's one child that, you know, is the most organized and competent. Right. right, right. You might give that to the, the role to them. Do your other children know that's going to happen? Are they on board with that? Are they going to turn on the other sibling? Because that's really where the problems happen is sure. like is jealousy and mistrust. Um or naming two siblings co-trustees and they don't get along. It's like, why did you do that? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, on, again, on, on my experience having sold a lot of like probate and trust sales, uh, I would say half the time you deal with those family-ish d- dynamics that way, even when they probably didn't exist prior to and then like, you know, 
paranoia starts setting in and things like that. And, and even if someone's acting totally appropriately. Uh, so just again, like it, it might, it seems like a much better scenario to, to appoint yeah. fiduciary to, for the, 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 the future, like Thanksgiving and Christmases and things of that nature, you know, um, your kids may be playing nice now while you're alive, right. but if you know that they actually have issues, like once you're gone, those issues have, haven't gone away. Right. So that's when they, and they, and they're not, now they're not worried about making nice in front of you. Right. right. So yeah. Interesting. Bring in a fiduciary. You've already touched on some of what are like some of common misconceptions about fiduciaries that, that you encounter? Uh, I mean, lately, I mean, a few years ago, there was the Netflix film called I Care A Lot, which uh, was, it, it's a fictional account of a fiduciary I forget where, East Coast or something, but um, very over the top about a fiduciary taking advantage of elders oh, and sure, sure. kind of only in it just to steal their money. And uh, so I've ever since then, I think I, there, there's a little bit of that out there in, in the in the, you know, the subconscious of people like certain people know of that right, film right. and kind of use that against you, I think, is like, well, why are you in, in this you know, role and you're just here to steal money from people. So it doesn't happen a lot, but there's a, there's been a few in the past that like have seen that movie and kind of think it's like a documentary. Right. Right. Um, sure. Uh, common misperception other ones. I don't know. I mean, I think they just, uh, I mean, sometimes people think that I'm sort of going to be the, the mediator or the peacekeeper for a family. Uh -huh. Um, that like once now that I'm in, I'm, I'm the referee, but that's, I don't see my, my role that way. I'm just like, I'm here Basically. to, I'm here, like I'm here, there's a trust. My job is to treat everybody equally, but I, I don't care what sibling one did to sibling two five years ago. I can't, I can't let that like cloud my judgment. Sure. I can't pick favorites. Um, so I think people think that I'm going to come in and, and sort of take their side often. Right, right. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face as a fiduciary? Obviously, um, you know, you have to be very patient throughout a lot of this, but uh, I guess what are some of the biggest things that you run into that can be challenging? It's really, I mean, it goes case by case. I mean, I was kind of thinking about some of my cases before I came in, like trying to think of like horror stories that I've had. And <laughs> uh, I mean, I had one where a woman uh, had given a life estate to um, her her ex-husband and his friend, who are sort of her caretakers as they got older. They all lived in a house together in Berkeley. And at one point, she was going to give them a life estate, which I don't know if, do you know what that means? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's when, like, so she dies, and they, they still, they have the right to live in the house until they die. Right, right. Which is, could go on forever. Um, at some point, she changed her tr trust so that... Um, all of her money would go to her son, mm -hmm. who was actually, who's disabled, and um, was actually also the son of one of the guys that was getting the life estate. She didn't tell these two guys that, that she was changing her trust. So when she died, then they, then they get, they get the, 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 the amendment that she made, and it says, you no longer have a trust estate. It's all going to your son. And these guys just, they squatted in that house for, and it took me five wow. years to really? get these guys out of the house. And I mean, I, you know, I can sympathize that you thought this was the way it was going to go. Um, and they had lived in that house for decades. Um, 
But they also had, you know, the house was crap. I mean, they ruined the house. Right. Um, and, you know, in, in, the, in Berkeley, like, there's strong tenant right. rights right. for many good reasons. And they, you know, got the, the, the nonprofit involved, and, and they just, they don't care. They're just throwing everything at you. And so that was a lot of patience and a lot of, like, this is just how it's going to, it's going to play out. We're, at some point, you have to leave. You right, know? right. Um, but, and it definitely, it took, like, five years to get them out. Now, in a situation like that, does your role, do you have to help uh, make sure that their current property taxes any assessments uh, with the city? Is that a role that you played utilizing funds from the, the estate? So, I, yeah, I'm liable for all that stuff. So anything, any, you know, property taxes, insurance on the house, I'm liable. And then in some cases, I, I I might take on a case where there's no cash and it's all, it's just the house that needs to be sold. Mm-hmm. But now there's an issue. Like, I'm not going to be able to sell this house for a while for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I will, there are times, I mean, I'm paying, I might pay the insurance out of pocket until I can, I mean, because if the house burns down and I don't have insurance, then it's on me. Um, property taxes, you can kind of, those go. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah those, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's, it's the liability. It, it, the buck stops with me. I see. For sure. I, I kind of want to jump back to what you were saying Uh earlier about that Netflix special, you know, my interaction with fiduciaries has been, they're, they're very detail oriented, right? And that's what, so like, uh, I think that's really important to note that, that you are responsible, liable for something goes wrong. And so my experience with fiduciaries has been, they're just, they're, they're kind of sticklers for, for details that way, for that very reason that way. So, uh, I just want to kind of overcome that perspective, you know, perspective, uh, perspective that way. Um, if, if, you know, if you meet with a fiduciary, um, I think you're gonna have a totally different experience where it's going to be beep, 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 like, you know, just making sure everything is done correctly that way. So, and yeah, I mean, and there's lots of laws that we have to follow. So sometimes, you know, yeah, if you and your family were just doing this, sure, you could be a little loose with how you do some certain things. But like, I have to provide an accounting to everybody once a year. You know, I have to do, I have to disclose things, you know, or if I'm going to make a decision and I know people don't like it, I will do so what's called like a notice of proposed action where they all get they all get told what, what I'm going to do. They have like 15 days or 30 days to object. And if they don't, then I go ahead and do it. Whereas, you know, if you're doing it with your family, it's a little different. Right. Um, yeah. So we, we do have to. Yeah. There's a lot of stickler stuff we got to do. How do you stay up to date on everything? I mean, I'm sure there's trainings. I know you said you said you had like good support. You know, you lean into attorneys and CPAs, but uh, it just seems like a a, a pretty huge like uh, uh, ocean of things that you have to kind of stay yeah. on top of. That I mean, way. there there is a an organization in California called PFAC, the Professional Fiduciary Association of California, which is fantastic. We most all fiduciaries belong to it. Um, they help, they put on the annual conference where we get our continuing education um and then but we also that that is a great educational resource for knowing what's going on lately because like we will get updates on the latest bills in in the california congress that are that might affect us Mm -hmm. um so that's how we stay up up to date for someone that's thinking about becoming a fiduciary what what would be the first piece of advice or best piece of advice that you'd tell them on top of that also if someone's looking uh to reach out to a fiduciary, what would be right? Yeah, I mean, starting off, I mean, you, it's it'll take a while, I think, to kind of get your business going. Um, 
a lot of it really is about trust because um, you are going to be meeting people who don't know you um, and you're going to have to convince these attorneys usually that that they should call you when they have a situation. Um, but there's, you know, there's a certification program um, that people go through and there's various entities that provide that. And then there's a license to, you got a, a licensing exam. Um, and I just would uh, just say have some world, you know, real world experience. I don't think anyone in their 20s is probably going to be ready to come in and do this job. I mean, I'm often dealing with, when I say like there's an elder and there's children, th those children are all in their 60s. You know, I mean, they're like fully grown adults with complex lives and um, coming in and having to, you know, navigate each each of those personalities and so I just think you need to live a little bit too. Totally. Sure. Sure. Uh, how do you see the fiduciary role evolving in the next 10 to 15 years, whether that be different rules and regulations, um, as well as obviously there's a huge amount of wealth transfer that's uh, expected in the next decade. Uh, I, would, I would imagine that that will probably also reflect on, on a fiduciary as well. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to change. I mean, I think, like you mentioned before, like there needs to be more people, I think, getting into it. Um, so, I mean, maybe there needs to be more education about the role, more outreach to get people into the roles. Um, I mean, I definitely think more people of color need to be involved in the fiduciary community. I mean, it's definitely, there's not a lot. Um, and I'm sure there's a huge market for people of color to to also represent those communities. Um, uh, what was the second part of the, of the question? Um, I, I was just saying, you know, the there's a, a huge wealth transfer that is going to happen in the next decade um, between generations. I would I would think that that would probably, uh, you know, relate or transfer with fiduciaries, meaning a lot of those states might have. Uh, a plan to have a fiduciary put in place. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it'll be any different than it is now. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I do, there, I think a lot of people with those really high net worth trusts often might have banks already involved right. as their backup trustee or, you know, there's trust companies, um, that are, you know, larger. Um, uh, but you know, it, it's, I, sometimes I, you know, my larger trusts aren't that much different than my smaller trusts. I mean, I'm still, there's still a, a human attached to it that I'm dealing with. Um, and, you know, there's still, you know, investment advisors either way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's just how long is this going to go on for versus am I closing it out now? That kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So, Sure. Yeah. Is there anything that uh, we haven't touched on that you would like to touch on? Uh, kind of like an opportunity to... Uh... I mean, I was I was just trying to think of like, horror stories yeah like, <laughs> that'd be great let's, let's hear it yeah whatever you're comfortable with that way a lot of times yeah. people don't want to come on to like, no like, i mean I, you let's, know let's do that i so. mean yeah i mean i was thinking about this one case where this is i mean this is kind of an interesting like there's you know the real estate and also the, the estate planning that went involved and um there's a house in oakland in the oakland hills really nice house but it kind of fallen to the wayside the elder passed away um she had three children. One, uh, the the son was was still living in the house. So I'm, when I say son, he's like 60, 65. Uh -huh. um, and I was t I was actually interviewed a few years earlier about this case and told that he 
may or may not be selling meth out of the house. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and actually, I, and I, I said, oh, okay. And then, and then I thought they had told me that they picked a different fiduciary. And I was like, great. Was this one of the trusts that you were like written into you didn't know about? I, well, I think they had been interviewed and I thought they had told me like, oh, we chose somebody else. Okay, and okay, I was like, right. that's probably better. <laughs> and then like two years later, I get a call and I, I am now, I am, they didn't choose somebody else. They had chosen me. And so I'm listed as the successor trustee. And uh, this this was a case where there's, there's no cash, um, but there's um, yeah there's the son is in the house and um, and they wrote the trust very interestingly where they where he had three months to move out and then after three months if he hasn't moved out he like is deducted ten percent of his eventual inheritance and if he doesn't move out after those thirty days then it goes to twenty percent. So he actually had, they actually, well, they, they, they knew, they knew <laughs> yeah, what the problem knew. was going to be. And they had these, you know, measures put in place. Um, and so I was, you know, the first day I go there, you know, I, he comes out and I mean, it's, you know, there's dilapidated cars in the driveway and it's like, you know, an empty pool. And, and, you know, I'm talking to this guy and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get out. You know, I'm going to move out. And then at some point, like there's some guy walks down the street and he like, gives a nod to this guy and he whistles to somebody in the back and he goes to make the drug deal and I'm like okay I gotta get out of here and I'm told that maybe the shack in the back is where they I don't know what like there's all this like non-permitted electrical stuff going on in the back it's everywhere yeah it's just yeah it's not good we have some of the same very similar yeah so um, (laughs) sound familiar (laughs) so I so in this I actually had to get so I I knew he wouldn't leave without some money Right, right. But I don't have any money to give them. So I, now I'm working with a hard money lender to get, like, I need money. And the only people that are going to give me money are these hard money lenders who charge, you know, 10% interest or more. Uh-huh. Um, and their minimum is like $100,000. So now, right. I'm, now I'm getting this amount of money and telling, you know, I have like three years to pay it back. But I'm like telling the guy, I, I can't start paying you back for a while. Uh-huh. So that's on me, you know, on the trust. Um, but I get the money, and then I'm going to visit the guy to entice him to move out. Um, he misses the first deadline. The next deadline comes up, and finally I tell him, look, I'm, I'm coming, you know, this day. I'm bringing a locksmith, and you have to be out of the house, and that's it. I'm changing the locks. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And I'll, and I'll hand you the check. I'll hand you $5,000, $10,000, I don't know. And... Um, I show up that day and knock, knock. He opens the door. He's like, he's in overalls and like nothing on, nothing on underneath the overalls. The overalls, barefoot. He looks like David Crosby, you know, from Crosby, Stills, Nash. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he's got a plunger in his hand. I'm like, what's, what's going on? It's time to go. Oh, I'm, I'm fixing the, the toilet. And I'm like, you need the whole, you need to move out of the, You need to leave the house right now. Don't worry about the toilet. I will fix the toilet. You know, I'll fix the toilet. I'll deal with everything in this house. Just, I will clear it out. Everything. Just, you need to walk out. He's like, oh, okay. And uh, finally he goes back in. And then I look around the side of the house and his girlfriend, his meth addict girlfriend, is raking up a pile of glass from the window that had been broken. But like, not with a, not, not a broom, uh-huh. like a rake. So like, nothing's being cleaned up. 
And I was like, you don't need to worry about that either, ma'am. Like, like we, we got to go. Finally, he comes out. He's got, like, his 40-inch TV under one arm and his, like, sandals in the other hand. And he's like, <laughs> sits on the porch. And I said, thank you. <laughs> the locksmith changes all the locks. And then, like, I leave. And uh, and then the next day, I get a call from the neighbor saying, oh, he's back in the house. And I was like, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't really, we didn't, we didn't close up the windows. Right, I mean, we, right. it was just more of a symbolic, like, we're changing the locks, you know, but he clearly had more things he needed out of the house, which is fine. And in that situation, it's like, okay, do I, how, how much of a dick am I going to be? Like, I know he, I, in that situation, I, I know he was leaving. Like, I know he, he wanted to leave. He just still had, he was kind of a hoarder. Right. It's hard right. for hoarders to leave. Um, so I have to like kind of gauge like, okay, like tech, the fact that he's in the house, he's kind of missed this next deadline. But like, Sure. I, you know, is he, if I give him a few more days and just don't look the other way, he's probably right. going to be gone. In the spirit sure. of things, he is. Yeah, in the yeah. spirit of things, he's yeah. gone. And he was. Uh-huh. And, you know, and I didn't ding him for that, even though I think another beneficiary wanted me to, uh-huh. but I didn't. Right. Um, so we have like lots of stories like that yeah uh, we usually get the call like like hey the locks have been changed uh, we think the the, the the former tenants out of there he may come back around but yeah, yeah. Get, get you know start prepping the property for sale that way so yeah or like um, there's a big hole in the floor you're like how'd that happen yeah you know, we have very very similar stories <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I know we're both thinking of a specific property that's similar to that yeah, so. yeah. going yeah. through it uh, well very cool very cool <laughs> um, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you or find out about you i have a website um turnstone-associates.com i think (laughs) (laughs) um my name is john balquist uh i'm sure if you just google me you'll find um my website and um yeah i'm happy to, to talk to anybody about their situation and see what's going on cool i forgot to ask you uh uh, Turnstone uh, has kind of a, a unique histor- uh, history behind why you, you chose that. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, Turnstone is the name of the street that I grew up on okay. uh, as, a, as a kid. So I, when I was trying to come up with names for my business, I was just like, I don't remember what other ones I had. But that one just that one just seemed to resonate because it's, you know, it kind of, a you know, as yeah, has some meaning to, to me. But, you know, but because I could, I deal with families and homes, and the fact that this is where my childhood home, childhood home was, that I thought it seemed apt. Um, my mom's still there. I, mean, I still go with Sunnyvale. So right, kind yeah. of your your basis for family dynamics mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Definitely. Uh, you know, I encourage uh, anyone that has any uh, estate uh, uh, planning needs that way that needs a fiduciary, please reach out to John uh, that way. And uh, if you like this episode, please hit like and subscribe so you can see uh, future content in the future. Thank you very much, everyone. Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.